you think production's the hardest part, or what do you think's the hardest? Pr- production's the most tiring part. Yeah. So that's why I think it would be the hardest part. Because mm-hmm. post-production, you're just sitting. Mm-hmm. Pre-production. That's yeah. tiring in its own right, though. Yeah. But it's not the same kind of tiring. Yeah. I think. And you can work at your own pace. Yeah, yeah. totally. And sitting's never... A, I've never heard anyone complain about sitting before, ever. That's true. Well, I don't know. So, like, it, those people that know me, um, I'm a pretty lean dude. <laughs> yeah. And when I was young, I was really, really thin. Like, I looked anorexic kind of thin. And my mom tells a story of, uh, you know, when, like, you're a kid and you go to the mall and you sit on Santa's lap and you tell him what you want? Yeah. My ass is so bony that I would sit on Santa's lap and you'd be like, get this kid out of here. <laughs> So I was the only kid that like had to hurry up and get off Santa's lap because my ass was bony and hurting. <laughs> You're making Santa bleed. Yeah, <laughs> bleed his own blood. <laughs> I guess. Do you want to go straight into editing, or do you want to talk about the few days after the feature and how wiped we were and the experience of that? Yeah, I mean, even after you have to still kind of do a little bit of prep before you go right into the editing stage. So when we finish the film. I had to check the hard drives, make sure all the footage was there before wiping the last day of uh, mm-hmm. camera footage. Tell them about that, uh, the big hard drive we got, the kind of master drive you used for editing, the fast one, wherever the hell that is. Oh yeah, I think that's a good point for people working on indie productions. And and your editor just should care about this and, and try to convince you into doing this, but getting a, a faster hard drive. Because most of the time people will get like those little Western digital storage drives or, mm-hmm. or Toshiba storage drives, whatever brand it is. Yeah. And they'll put it all on there. It's like, oh, it's a terabyte. It's great. But the problem is those drives aren't meant to be used off of. Because people uh, will take those drives and plug them into the computers and edit off those directly. And they're they're not meant for that. They're very slow compared to the types of drives you want for editing. Mm-hmm. So what is the drive, if people want to go to go go out and get it? Well, I, I went to a computer store called NCIX. They don't have them anymore, actually. They went out of business, ironically. But you the can, drive or the store? The store. Okay. <laughs> the drive is dead. <laughs> um, no, the, the store. And I got a custom uh, drive, asked for the specs I wanted, which in, in our case was I wanted at least... Uh, a terabyte of space because mm-hmm. we had about 500 gigabytes of footage mm-hmm. but I know like with exports and adding assets and whatever it would, it would just get bigger so a terabyte of space and the the it, speed so do you think it's a good rule for people that if you have 500 gigs of um, data to double that for your big drive like what's a general rule double triple yeah I mean for your for your main drive have have enough extra space because you know even when you export like a, a high quality version of the film, like that'll take maybe 150 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. So have like a enough space on that main drive so it doesn't get too full. Okay. Because you want it to you want that drive to perform at optimal condition, and and having some extra space on there is always good for you in general. Okay. And the drive speed needs to be 7200 RPM, so that's 7200 rotations per minute. Okay. Because they're spinning disk drives. And most of those like little storage drives that people get are fifty four hundred RPM. So quite a bit weaker. It's yeah, it's weaker. It's not mm-hmm. it's not meant to be used constantly. They're more for storage. Yeah. So when the drive spins faster, you can access it, and the infor- information will come to you faster. Okay. It's not gonna lag. You don't have to worry about the da- drive like frying because rendering it's, time. Yeah, all that stuff. 
You're working with nothing, right? So we spent what, two fifty, three hundred on hard drives or something like that? No, it's much less. I think the drive itself maybe cost like seventy five bucks. Yeah. In the case it came with It's like a hundred or something, right? Thirty bucks. So okay. in total, everything's worth like one hundred twenty bucks with tax. Okay. So now, if we had sixteen or twenty-five times the amount of footage, how many more drives would we need, and what would it cost you? Um, I'd have to get a RAID uh, case because you need to combine all the drives into one, one giant like connected space. Yeah. So RAID zero case is what I'd use because I want it for optimal performance Mm -hmm. in that case itself costs like a decent one would cost about 250 300 bucks okay and you could get a lower end one for maybe 150 bucks okay but that's just the case then you have to get four so you can get four three four terabyte drives maybe okay and then each of those would probably cost like 90 bucks or something Okay, so put a grand total on this, and like... Oh, like about 500 bucks. Okay, and does that include the exporting when you have your film? Like, would you still have enough yeah, drive at the, space for Yeah, I that? mean, at that point, you you would have enough for that, but you like also keep in mind, you, you need a drive for backups. Mm-hmm. So, because we had that one terabyte main fast drive, mm-hmm. which costs about 120, 30 bucks... Yeah. We use that as a main. Then, then we use one of those little Western Digital drives as the backup one, yeah. which is what it's meant for. So in total, we spent, and you actually own that drive already, so you don't have to buy that. Yeah. So in total, we spent about one hundred and twenty-five dollars on storage. Mm-hmm. And if we hadn't had that backup, maybe two twenty-five, two fifty. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, like, compare that if it was the Red or the Alexa. It would be more because there's the inevitable nine hundred dollars in drives. Yeah, I mean the inevitable drive dying or something, and you want to have a backup and all that stuff. So it would cost around like seven, eight hundred. I'm guessing. Yeah. For storage drives. Okay. Now let's just jump. If you do it properly. Yeah. Let's jump back to the pre-production here. Like we talked about working on micro budget. We shot this movie on four thousand dollars. Yeah. We spent $125 on drives. Had we shot on the red, you know, what, 20%, 25% of our budget would have went just to hard drives right there. Yeah. So you're off with the files. What do you do? I had to make sure all the footage was there. I had to make sure all the sound files were there. And I think for one day, some of the sound files weren't with me. Mm-hmm. And the great thing was our sound guy had a backup. So I sent him an email and said, hey, can you send us the audio files? from this day and he's like mm. yeah I got him and he sent him to us and like I was very relieved yeah because if we deleted them we wouldn't have a day of audio and that's bad that would be really bad <laughs> so before you came in and we sat down for actual editing I had mm-hmm. to sync all the audio and the footage yep so um, what I basically to give you a little walkthrough of what that's like you the reason you slate on set I'm sure mm. you, you know this by now but is to identify what the shot is, but also to help you uh, sync sound and post. Yeah. That's why someone claps it at the end. You identify the clap with the sound. The with the, yeah, with yep. the waveform and the audio. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little old school because there's software for this, but I like to, I like to do it this way so I know exactly what I'm getting and. Mm-hmm. and so sync it manually. Basically. I, I sync it manually, yeah. so I'll mark an endpoint. Well, not all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll sync it manually. Uh, generally, I'll mark an endpoint on the audio waveform mm-hmm. at the peak and then mark it with the actual snap of the slate mm-hmm. as an endpoint and sync those files into one 
and then put those into a, a scenes folder scene one scene two scene three yep. and go throughout the film like that so basically all you're doing right now is organize you're pairing your sound with your footage and organizing everything so it's easily accessible in your editing program exactly and what do you use I use Adobe Premiere for editing why it's uh, I, I think it's the most intuitive of all the programs right now um, they're constantly updating the only thing that's annoying about Adobe is their subscription format is very strange um, they have a creative cloud and you do a monthly subscription it's not it's not that I think it's just their billing format sucks okay <laughs> and every now and then they're like oh your card's expired and it hasn't expired they just have a shitty system mm. but yeah, other than that it's pretty fantastic yeah generally you have access to the whole suite I use After Effects Photoshop whatever okay so someone coming into this like they've shot their first feature got up to this point they have no idea what to use would you say go with Adobe or would you say try out a few other ones like no I'd say go with Adobe because yeah. Adobe is uh, um, you're editing for three months you can rent it for three months basically it's oh, by really? subscription so mm -hmm. you pay 150 bucks for three months of use okay then you're done yep then for your next song you do the same shit so okay. that's the great thing about Adobe is uh, you don't have to worry about uh, it like having a huge dent in your budget mm -hmm. and uh, it's super easy to use you can put tons of different types of footage in it um, it can take 4k whatever okay. let's say someone doesn't want to show out the money for that what's one free one that you would say use and a free one that you would say do not use this one the free one I'd say don't edit your film on is Windows Movie Maker <laughs> <laughs> that'd be very that's funny crazy actually if you do it properly then send me your film because I want to see it <laughs> but yeah I, it's free but honestly I'm like I have no idea how even I would do that mm -hmm. you can't sync sound and I don't know I haven't even tried it but a free one I would recommend is uh, DaVinci Resolve yep which I actually have for color correction but in the free version of DaVinci Resolve you can actually do editing and everything awesome and the software is free mm -hmm. for the trial version and in the trial, well, it's the free version. It's not a trial version. Yeah. So you can have it as long as you want. But you also have access to all the coloring tools. And for a free software, that one is, like, stupidly powerful. Awesome. So it just takes a little time to learn how to use it. But that would be a really great way to edit your film on, like, a no money. Sweet. Sweet. Okay, so you've got all your footage, everything synced up, folders, shit like that. Yeah. What do you do now? I, I want to make sure everything, because this is the problem for me, and mm -hmm. I've, I've jumped on uh, projects and posts for lots of different things. Yeah, I remember you saying. And, and just as soon as I opened the project, I'm like, holy shit. Who the dog's put, breakfast. Yeah, who put this together and how the hell do I find what I'm looking for? Yeah. So, like, my advice for anyone who's interested in becoming an editor is have a freaking, like, clean-ass workflow. Organized. Yeah, so whenever you go into a project or whenever you start one, whoever t picks it up or whoever you're working with looks at it and they're like, holy shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. So like very briefly, I have like 10 folders, all 10 bins, as you would call them in Premiere, all labeled 01, current cut, 02, archive cut, 03, sound, 04, raw audio, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I have them like that because they're uh, listed by number. Yeah. And then in the, arc in the current cut, I put the cut I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And then when I start a new cut, I duplicate it and put it in the archive cut and start cut two with the same oh. sequence.
Okay, and like, here's one thing I'll tell the audience. I know this sounds like the most dry thing in the world. Tell me. And if you have just footage everywhere, it'd be like if you went into your room and lit a stick of dynamite, yeah. let it go off, and then someone was like, go find me your right sock you wore three days ago. <laughs> it's like, well, how do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, the organization in all aspects of film is super, yeah. super important and you're gonna it's gonna take you a little bit of time off the start but it's gonna save you a lot of time later yeah editing is probably the biggest example of that yeah i mean they're all big but yeah yeah because organize it when people look for editors for the film they're they want they're like oh do you have great storytelling ability of course all that's important yep but like for me a fundamental question is how what does your project look like Mm mm-hmm is it organized? Kind of example of what you, what a big project you worked on looks like. Mm-hmm. As soon as I look in their main project folder, and everything's all over the place, I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> Didn't like, know what he was you know, doing. you're a good editor. I hire you, but like, come up with the fucking system. So when, <laughs> when we start, I'm not like confused as to what I'm looking at. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, cool. So I guess right now would be a good time to go into the how many cuts we did of the film, and uh, I think this is like. We're going to do the same amount of cuts for the next movie we're doing too, right? Like, it's a good system. Yeah, approximately, yeah. Yeah. It's a good system. Okay, so tell them the cuts. Yeah, we start with an assembly cut. And okay, that's... so this is, just to be specific, this is, you cut your movie six different ways in this order, and it kind of well, defines it. Well, not six different time. ways. Uh, six ways, because uh, I, I think if you did, because I've had this, yeah, even recently where the director was like, let's do three different versions. I'm like, no, no, no let's not do three versions. Let's do one version and expand on it okay. but not yeah so what we did is we had six cuts and each one refined and yeah and Deluxe. each one is refined but they're not six different versions okay so why would someone want to do three different cuts of a movie is it they're unsure of what they want yeah a lot of times when a director's like I want to do three versions and try and see where they go mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm like well let's have one version and not because I'm like trying to be a dick but more like mm-hmm. We should focus on one way of doing something. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be doing like a lot of extra work. Like and cutting three movies, right? Yeah, and if you're like, oh, I don't like Different. that cut, then I spent like six hours of editing on a cut that's just gone now. Yeah. Because you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's more like, let's focus on something and work on the thing. Yeah, and I think if you do like those three different versions, that you run a real risk of like losing any type of intention because you can yeah. do like you'll hear people for like screenwriting do this like I think DC was notorious they'd hire like 10 different writers yeah. they'd write uh, every one of them would write a, a script for The Flash and then they yeah. would take the best scenes out of all of them and just jam them into together. something and like technically it's a script it's got 110 pages but there's no tone balance to it no. nothing fits and it, you can tell it's just this Frankenstein thing so like yeah. if you were doing three different versions of the same movie in editing would it be very similar to that? Pretty much. It, you know, it's like, try this on this one, and this one. It's like, there's not a lot of variation you can really go mm-hmm. go with, unless unless the story is really about changing, a, you know, scene structure or whatever. But even mm-hmm. then, like, stick with the version. And if you want to do two versions of a scene, I get that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do three versions of a whole film, it's like, what the hell do you want from just me? Just wasting time. You're just wasting time. Yeah. Like, you know, go in the sequence of cuts and... And just, that's honestly the most efficient way to edit a film, in my opinion. Okay. All right, well, tell them the six cuts. Yeah, so the first cut is an assembly cut. And that's when you get, once everything is synced up and everything's organized, you throw all your footage on the timeline. Not all your footage, but Mm. 
the best takes or the take you think is the best from the scene yep. and very roughly throw it together. So at this point, you're not looking for cutting points. It's literally no. like from when the director says action to when he says cut, and then you just do the next scene like that, and you just well, throw not, them all together. Not precisely. Like I, I would remove the action and the cut. Yeah. yeah so sorry. I'd have the I'd have this the shot and the scene together, mm-hmm. but super rough. I'm not worrying yeah. about finessing anything. And then uh, that from the top to the end of the film, uh, not worrying too much about like oh, there's a thing in the shot or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's just so we can look it through the, the whole thing. It is the rough assembly. Super rough, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so number two. What is it? Number two is the fine cut. And the fine cut is when I actually start to... Wouldn't it be rough cut? Rough cut, you're right, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so confident. If you can see me, I'm leaning back and my, my my hands on my chin. I'm like, next is the fine cut. So man. full of smug. <laughs> <laughs> full of smug uh, yes yeah, so, so the next cut is the rough cut the rough cut is when you actually do uh, worry about like the little cutting points and mm-hmm. if things are matching and if there's anything weird in the shot make sure you're not using the shot yep. check for focus mm-hmm. and uh, the rough cut is the closest thing you'll have to like this is what my movie probably will look like yeah and I think that's when it's the uh, first kind of window into it yeah and that's yeah. when you can really start to make notes like after an assembly you're not really making notes you're mm-hmm. more like alright I'll wait for the rough cut yeah okay so after the rough cut okay hold on I want to jump in real quick here okay there's a really famous quote Martin Scorsese says it everyone says it and I cannot understate how true this is <laughs> when you see the rough cut of your movie you're gonna wanna die <laughs> it's so so true I remember um, you had done the rough cut and you're like come over and watch it and I was so nervous because I'd heard this quote before so I messaged John August who uh, is the host of Script Notes he's written for Tim Burton you know great writer great podcast host listen to Script Notes anyway I messaged him and I was like you've talked about this Uh, any advice I'm about to go through this and he was like just breathe watch it like it's not yours and my wife turned to me she's like wow is it really that bad it's like, I don't know, I'm about to find out. I came home and I was like, it's that bad. I want to fucking die right now. <laughs> I remember I had to slap a, a vial of wasabi poison out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, you're going to, right at this stage, you're going to panic. And you're going to be like, shit, should I release this? Should I take my name off this? This is a disaster. This is going to be terrible. And you're going to be freaking out a little bit. It's going to get better. That's totally. why each one of these is you refining and you refining and you refining. Martin Scorsese says that after the first, <laughs> the rough cut of his movie, he gets physically sick. Mm-hmm. And it's true. So let's just sit on that for a second. When you saw the rough cut of Party Stories, being an editor, right. what did you think? Did you still have that kind of panic attack? Totally not. Or were totally you like, no, nah, we're good? No, as an editor, um, I was like, because it's your first feature as well. Yeah. Like, so I yeah. had that in mind. I was like, yeah, man, it's gonna like have this weird feeling, but I was totally like. <laughs> Sounds like a colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah, Matt felt like there's a, a hand in his butt after the first feeling. Kinda actually. And I was like, don't worry, that hand's gonna start to feel smaller, and eventually it will. It won't be there. It'll feel like a child's hand in your butt, Matt. <laughs> That's not good either. <laughs> I know. It's less painful. Yeah, I, I, I was I was confident we'd have something good because. Okay. Because, you know, I, I, sh- I was a cinematographer as well. Yeah. But, like, going through the edit and, and looking at the film, like, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing was like, ew, what happened there? Yeah. And and uh, the acting and everything was 
to your liking like you weren't unhappy with the performances or anything it was just literally it wasn't structured yeah and structure is like what an editor does so yeah. by the end of it I knew it's huge we'd have something yeah okay so yeah when you get to this point don't freak out no it's gonna get better alright so third cut fine cut okay so the fine cut is now we can scrutinize a little and, and have some more the notes get a little more about like oh do you think we need the scene mm-hmm. should we remove this or what should go here and distinctive cutting points yeah and like transitions between scenes yeah. it's no longer like for me by the fine cut the edits aren't about oh does this cut work here it's more like the the main like how do we move from this scene to that scene and, yeah. and little things like that mm-hmm. and if there's a performance we don't like we just like replace the performance and stuff yeah. like that let's talk about something that happened in party stories which for me was insanely awkward right. so I think it was between the rough and the fine cut, somewhere around there. Yeah. We decided that we were going to delete the opening of the movie. Yes. Which, in all fairness, when I was writing it, Latif said, you should delete this opening. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's going to be great. This is going to be play. And, you know, when we're edit- editing, you can be like, this works. And you can be like, hey, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, no, not, not, not that bad. But, um, yeah, when we were watching it, it just really became apparent nothing to do with performances or anything like that it just the opening scene didn't fit the movie it didn't match tonally aesthetically it didn't work it was one of the only things we didn't shoot in the house when we cut this out there was an actress in the movie that was only in this one scene and we cut the scene so thus we unfortunately lost her in the movie yeah she wasn't in the final movie and um, I will say that if you're listening to this, you know who you are. You honestly, like I told you this when we did it, but you were fantastic. Like, nothing to do with you. The scene just didn't work for the story. And you're, if this ever happens to you guys, you're going to have to have this conversation where you go up to an actor and say, hey, like, reason X, Y, and Z, you're not going to be in the movie anymore. And, like, you're going to be shaking a little bit. It's a really uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. But just come at it delicately. We're all here to tell the best story we can, and unfortunately to do that, this scene can't be in it. I'm sorry that your only scene's getting cut, but, you know, it's the way it is. And I think if you're on the receiving end of this too, like, obviously it's not ideal, but just say, okay, I get it, it sucks, but it's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, the one thing I would say is, don't be afraid to have that talk, come at it gently, and don't not tell them because like obviously a thought's going to go through your head of like oh maybe I could just not tell them and get away with it <laughs> but have more integrity than that and it's always better just to be upfront with it right mm-hmm. so um, when I came to you and said I think we should cut this opening what was your instinct other than I told you so <laughs> yeah I, I said uh, yeah it doesn't really feel like it's part of the movie we needed to find something else and I picture the idea of like, well, what if you know you have the opening sequence and then just mm-hmm. go right into them walking down the alley to the party because yeah. it just feels like the most immediate moment. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's kind of what we went. So when a director comes to you, or even when you're an editor, and um, the director says we should cut the scene, or you say this scene's not doing much for you, we need to cut it. How does that conversation go? I mean, from an editor to a director, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had to do this from like, yeah, the scene isn't working or this moment doesn't feel right for the movie. Mm-hmm. It's literally just 
being upfront and just telling them that and not sugarcoating anything mm. um, if you like something about the scene like don't worry about that because if it's not working that's all it, it's all irrelevant yeah it's not about like your ego or how you wrote the scene that you really liked it, it at this point it truly is like does it serve this movie yeah. if it does not gotta go exactly and, and that's like you know if you're a director in this position just be objective and not precious about a mm-hmm. moment where like oh but we had so much fun shooting it or some shit yeah. like that so who cares about that yeah like you have to think about the story I've had this uh, with directors where they're precious about the moment on set okay which has nothing to do with the film like an act- actress will cry and everyone will cry on set like oh that was beautiful mm-hmm. and then the edit I'll be like yeah that's not working and then they're like but on set we're all sad I'm like I don't care yeah because <laughs> you're emotionally attached to it but exactly. the audience won't be it doesn't have help the movie so if you have to remove something just remove it yeah that's okay it. so in that circumstance like if you went to an editor and they're like I really don't think we should delete this how do you have that conversation and where do you end up you just have to have, to have a good argument uh, as in like for me as an editor sometimes even if I think it's the right choice, there's nothing I can do if the director is like adamant about it. It's his yeah. film, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, say your piece and be very sure. And and if the director's like, no, but I want to keep it, ask him why, mm-hmm. and let him know if he does decide to do it. If it's not the best benefit of the film, how it's gonna affect the film? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. Uh, Moving to the next cut. Yeah. So that would be the editor's cut, right? Yeah, the editor's so cut. So what do you do for that? Yeah, so for the editor's cut, I know for me, I basically, uh, at that point in the fine cut, you go through some of the notes with the director, and you do some of the changes that they're asking for, mm-hmm. and once all that's implemented, at that point, if there's something you don't like, then go in the direction that you want to. I think it's about being very selfish at that point. Okay, and well, hold on, I'm going to yeah. back you up real quick. How do you know when a cut's done? Whether it be, other than the rough assembly, because that's just, you know, shit after, scene after scene. But how do you know when your rough cut's done, and how do you know when your fine cut is done? I think it's literally top to bottom. You go from the opening of the film to the end of the film. Mm -hmm. And when you're at the end of the film, you're done. Like, I keep it very... So, it's when you're at the end of the film and you don't have any more notes. Yeah, you, like by the time you're at the end, you should have gone through all the notes. Yeah. Because I go like I like to go in sequence throughout the the story from top to bottom. Okay. And I keep it very very uh, mechanical like that. Let's start here. Let's end here. That's a cut. Yeah. That way, it's on all this like, does it feel right type of stuff. It's like literally once we've gone to the end of the film, that's a cut of the film. Okay. Just to you know keep the things going mm-hmm. forward. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so. Once we were done the fine cut, that we realized we needed some reshoots. Yep. So, how did it come to you, mentally, that you're like, I think we need to shoot some extra stuff for this? For sure. I think in the story, there are some points where, like, oh, we need some, to add something here to kind of fill a little space that didn't make sense or to add a little moment mm-hmm. for a character or something yeah and uh, for sure you I think you knew that we needed to reshoot something yeah what scene or what scenario would work and uh, literally came up with ideas for reshoots on the spot yeah 
Uh, so yeah, like what I remember was we we shot one scene where um, Jake and Jason are talking about the ladies that have just arrived at the party and they're going over who they are. Yeah. Because uh, Jake doesn't know them and Jason's base. It's basically an info dump. Jason's saying this is them, and when we initially shot it, um, it was in pretty close proximity. And we thought it would be okay when we were filming it, and when it came to the edit, it just totally was not believable that mm-hmm. they'd be talking. It'd be like it, right now, Latif and I are three feet away. It'd be like if I was talking to my cat about you and expected you not to notice. You know exactly. what I mean? So we realized we had to get the scene of them talking about the girls in the next room, into the next room, away from them. And like honestly, that was—I don't think we even changed a word of that scene. We just moved them ten feet away. It, yeah, the wall, right? It was really just a proximity thing. Yeah, but it, it, like if there's something like that. Where it was just gonna kill the believability of your story, you know, you got to do it. And the reshoot shoot for that scene only took what two hours, maybe. No, it took like a forty-five minutes. It was yeah. super quick. Yeah. yeah. So like we knew we needed that. Um, we knew we wanted to add a little something on the end with um, the Pender character, like yeah. a little finale esque thing for him. We. Uh, when we added that, we actually had to do some reaction shots of Jake and Althea mm-hmm. to the final scene. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff came up. But that's going to be next episode in yep. reshoots where we'll dive more into that. So yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of Filmcraft. Yep. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back for more. And uh, yeah, Hope you enjoy this one. Blink of an eye for you. Who knows how long between recording was. <laughs> 2019. All right. Episode two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, this episode is sponsored by Pippa. It's a podcast hosting service. It's Pippa.io. P-I-P-P-A.io. They're great. Uh, very cheap. You know, like nine bucks a month or something like that. Unlimited hosting. Unlike SoundCloud, which sucks because you know they give you three hours and then tell you to fuck off. Yeah. Unlimited hosting. They give you free transcripts. Um, they have something called a sniper tool, which you can take out little sections of your transcript and your audio and make kind of like a little GIF, if you will, with yeah. audio. And yeah, just really helpful. Good people over there. So thanks for sponsoring us and yeah. check out Pippa. P-I-P-P-A. Dot I-O. Yeah. See you next time. All right, take care.